Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. It's me. Hi, Moshe Kasher here. Natasha Legero. How you doing, Tosh? Good. I got one of my oldest and dearest friends in the building. A true legend. My, my dear old pal. You know, honestly, Louis, Louis Katz is here, ladies and gentlemen. Hey. Yes. That's, I hate when Louis. people call me a legend because I feel like they do that. Just It just means that you are you have to go up last because you've been doing stand-up the longest. <laughs> oh, yeah. When headlining isn't isn't actually a privilege, it yeah. just sucks. No, yeah. I, say, I say in L.A., the headliner is the per, the most famous person who's not uh, who's willing to stay. <laughs> you know, that's just, right. You're not even the most successful person on the show. You're just the one all. who's like afraid to like you're the most, be like, can I go up early? Right. So you're the most you're, you're the, not headlining on a group of ten people. Uh, ten people. You're the most successful unsuccessful person by be by Aww. virtue of being down or the stage. AKA legend. A legend. Yes. You're it's a legend. Like, it's also like doing comedy day in the park in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. How it's like it's this big honor, but it sucks. It's a shit gig. Did you ever do that, Tosh? Comedy in San Francisco Park? No, honey. <laughs> I didn't do that. Did you guys do any of those outdoor shows? I did. I did a outdoor show in Santa Cruz recently, and it was uh, with you. Oh, yeah. I we, forgot about that. Louis and I did the Santa Cruz Comedy Festival together. Oh, let me just start by saying, Louis got a brand new special out. It's mm-hmm. on YouTube right now. It's called right. Present Tense. Thank it's, you. It's his best work yet. Thank Why you. is it called Present Tense? Um, it's about uh, kind of... Uh, um, Coming to terms with like the hopes you had for the for the future, and then being in the present and being like, "Wow, this isn't this isn't what I thought it would be." And so are you tense in the present? Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. And also, there's words. By the way, that I can are in the present tense. I can actually speak to that. He is tense in the present. I am. I drove to Santa Cruz with him, and there was a lot of tension in the car. 
<laughs> a lot. No, there wasn't. No, we had a great time. That was awesome. It was because we don't get a chance to hang out as much, and we we basically just bullshitted for like five hours straight. It was it, awesome. It was an easy road trip. Louis is one of my oldest friends in comedy. We, I would, I like to say we started together, but we didn't. No. Louis had been doing it, and so he was a person that I, you know, those people who are like they're not far enough ahead of you that they're they're uh, not human. But they're far enough ahead of you that they seem larger than life. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's like, how Louis was? You're like, I could be his friend, but also, damn, he really knows how to do that. Oh, that's wow. nice. It's, it's also in the beginning, like, two years is like, you know, 200% more than you've been doing it. You know what I mean? Or oh, not, so Louis, really you're admitting that you were better than well, him. Well, he was better than I, me. I had I'd been doing it for two years, and he and hadn't do it at all. He's you know? still better than me in, no, no. In, in some very specific ways. We're different. You, you were very different, but you are, Louis, one of the best technical joke writers I know. And, and, Thank you. And you're really good at technical joke writing, but you're also filthy. And that's what I like, the combo of masterful, <laughs> masterfully constructed jokes that are also really puerile and disgusting. Thank Can we you. expect some filthy jokes in present tense on YouTube? Yeah, it's full of filthy jokes, but it's also my, I think it's the first time where I kind of talk about more than just that. And I'm talking about bigger subjects. And I tried to give it a theme and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. You actually, I saw a clip today that bothered me. Good. Uh, Because you have (laughs) this clip out about how um, specials nowadays, they'll have like a serious moment at the end. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I'm doing that right now. And it made me really um, insecure and panic. That's good. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you have any kind of feeling like that. But, you know, you never know. If you watch it, maybe I have a moment like that at the end. Maybe it's a trick. I don't know. You'll have to watch and see. What's the most filthy uh, topic you skirt past? The most filthy topic? I mean, I would say the opening joke. What is it? Say the opening joke. Um, You don't have to. No, do it. Do it Bob and Tom style. Teaser. Now, now, Louie, I heard you like cum farts. (laughs) Is that correct? No. Cake farts. (laughs) Cake farts, sure. (laughs) It's a level above. Yeah. Um, uh, well, like, what do I say? It's um, oh, I've been having trouble with my lady in the bedroom, but we're communicating, we're talking it through, and we decided we have to start experimenting a little bit more. Uh, you know, push our boundaries, and we tried something new. Uh, for both of us, a little thing called doggy style. Yeah. <laughs> that's where she um tricks me into going down on her by putting peanut butter on her pussy. Okay. And that's the opener. Okay. I'd say that's dirty. Yeah. That is very dirty. And also, I don't know why untrue I listened to you because... to tell the joke <laughs> when you just stared at me blankly instead of even well, fake I... laughing at it. You'd think you would fake laugh after you asked someone to tell their joke live on a podcast. That's a, fa- that's a, fa- a fair critique. <laughs> well, well, Moshe laughed at the first part, so then I was confused. So, that, so then so I was the like, peanut butter, he's the, you laughed at the doggy style part. So I was that like, that part gets a laugh sometimes. He's, okay, licking, so, he's licking the peanut butter off a pussy. Oh, like I, a get dog. It. Like, I get okay, it. I get it. Like a dog will lap up. You know how the dog sometimes oh, will lap I up peanut butter it. from the punan time? I guess I was also thinking like, I don't think you and your wife have um, sexual problems because you just got married and you seem very compatible. You seem like a great audience member. Me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a question. You guys seem really super compatible. <laughs> no, so you're more. I don't think this joke is is true. Well, it's emotionally true, That's one of the interesting things about joke. yeah joke writing is you know sometimes it's yes never mind we can take that out Sorry, it's okay it. sometimes it's true and sometimes it's not i get it you know it's like sometimes that's, i was and just that's, at your wedding and i was like oh they seem very happy no no it they is seem very horny well that's <laughs> i mean we we're happy and horny mm-hmm. i would say seemed happy and horny well that's the fun thing about about this special and about it being like uh, I, it's kind of also like a love letter to jokes and that's what I think is the fun thing about jokes is that one second they do seem totally sincere and the next they don't and some of it is sincere and some of it isn't and it really is up to the audience member to kind of uh, parse that. I've always wished that I was better at like pure jokes. I, I like that. You know, actually you're in my book. Do you know that? 
Did Ooh. I tell you that? You made you made the cut. What really? There was a speaking of early days of comedy. You came up to me when I was maybe a year in, maybe six months in, and you were like, "You are not good enough at stand up to be fucking around as much as you do on stage." And, and I'm sorry. And I was like, uh, "What do you mean?" And you're like, "You gotta like stop it and go write jokes for like a year." And you said this something like this. Maybe you weren't that forceful, well, but was it, it rude or did it help? It would, but I would I would give it a solid both. Okay, uh, cool. That's great. Because I did it. I took the advice. I stopped messing around on stage. I like went away and, and not went away, but like I just I focused on like how, mater, writing material. Uh-huh. And then then when I got good enough at that or felt good enough at that, then I came back and and finally developed my style that I have now, which is like I fuck around a lot, but I weave in and out of doing jokes. And it was a hundred percent because yeah, of that conversation. Can oh, I? that's great. I'm, well, I'm glad I helped. I'm Same sorry. Here. I'm sorry I was a dick. Can <laughs> I ask you boys a comedy question? Yeah. yeah. Do you ever get a little bored of stand up comedy? Yeah. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay, good. It's um I get bored. I mean there's lots of th- I was see I think a lot of people, they stop watching kind of early on. They're sick of it. And I was one of the holdouts. Like, I'm like, I'm still interested in seeing stuff. And I still kind of am. But at this point, it's gotten where I can rarely watch something all the way through. I can't watch it as much. I mean, this pandemic was like, the big shock of it was how much it felt like good. It felt like a relief not to do it and not, right. to, not to have to do any of it. Wait, we didn't nice. do it for like two years. Yeah, that's oh, a long time. Remember, I had a really good Zoom show once. I think I had a couple good Zoom really? shows. I only how had good Zoom shows. We somehow got, because well, we did two. We did literally two. Oh. We did two. And both of them were paid gigs and both of them were uh, very pleasant. Well, that's, I mean, it's great to make money for Zoom calls, but uh, I just, <laughs> it just threw, it threw off my time. It, it literally throws off your timing. Yeah. I mean, like you can't hear them. There's things going on in the background. I mean, it was just, I was just like, I'm out. I can't do, even, even uh, outdoor shows I didn't like. I did a few of them. I didn't like them. But yeah, I, I mean, I totally, I totally, um, relate to getting sick of stand-up but it's also um the cool thing is how i'm constantly learning new things and constantly getting better and like that's kind of exciting in in and of itself but like it's still grueling do you ever make like super novice mistakes i find myself like doing things like that i already know you're not supposed to do like what like looking at my notes that are behind me my whole entire set and like having my back to the audience like trying out all the new bits in a row and not like wedging them in between yeah but you also i mean if you just like wrote those down then you might not do them the next you know what i mean like you just not the fact that you know all of them means they are avoidable next time do you know what i mean right like the very next time because you're so aware of them now right i think do you ever do any novice things no you're kind of an expert i would say i'm a master (laughs) no of course i do there's always mistakes there's always like it's constantly like Or that. like when you're when you're not doing great and then you're like, "Oh, I'll attack the audience." It's almost like it just oh, yeah. happens. Well, that works sometimes, yeah. but then it often doesn't. I started attacking them with a smile. Mm. Okay. And that I rec- highly recommend that cuz I can't stop attacking them to some extent and just got to you just got to be like, "Hey, what's your fucking problem?" and you know, like that. And I've I found started, that that helps a lot. I've started saying I love you guys. Oh, you guys are great. I love you guys. It's and it means the same when they thing. Suck. It means the same thing. <laughs> But but it's just one love. Uh, yeah, one love. That's a one love situation <laughs> right there. I go, oh, you guys are great. Yeah, I, lo- I love I love this. I love performing for you guys. Um, but I mean, there's constantly mistakes like that still, and and like constantly still growing, and that's what keeps it interesting. But yeah, man, I get super burnt out on it. Neil used to say, uh, Brennan used to say, uh, stand up is the only job where you have no idea how your day at work is going to be. 
Like you don't know you're you're about. How to, would anyone know what their day of work? What, be what like? I'm saying is like no. I, I, or maybe he maybe he was saying you have no idea how you're gonna do how good you're gonna be at work that day. Like you walk uh, out on I stage and you're sense. every time you walk out on stage you're thinking to yourself this could potentially be good. Yes. And then when it isn't you're like. I didn't feel like I was ready to do a bad show. I was yeah. ready to do a good show. Well, also, I always say it's like you're doing the things exactly the same way you always do them, and sometimes they just fail, right. which that's not true of any other job. If you do it right every time, it, will, it should go well, but every once right. in a while, it just doesn't fucking work. Well, you know, I had this thing. Oh, I was up in... Um, I, I did a couple of shows, and they didn't go my way. It's funny. Like, when we did that stand-up show, that stand-up festival in Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. We did the, the theater festival. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, I'm sorry, we did the theater show on Friday night. Yeah. Uh, you, me, and Marcel Arguello. And um, I was like, okay, that was good. And then the next gig was outside. And it was awful. It was like it was like being back at a uh, open mic. It really, oh, it was really bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was there. Yeah, it felt you yeah. Did, went on after me. You did yeah. better than me. But it felt like being at, at an open mic. Then the next show was like a little better. Mm-hmm. It was good. And then the next show for me was like great, but it was uh, at a small coffee uh, coffee shop, and I was like, "This is the experience." It's like one show to the next. I feel like, oh, I should quit. Oh, I'm not good at this. And then I go to the next show. Go, oh, actually, maybe it's kind of good. And then at the end, I'm like, I think I'm a genius. Yeah, yeah. And all then, in one night. Oh, yeah, all in one night. Like, but also, like those shows were, and like, thank you for having us at the Santa Cruz one. But it was almost like an open mic tour, sure. going to these different gigs. Like it was. It was every third venue was a venue. But I just, feel, I just mean emotionally, it was interesting to watch the ego death. It's like I, sure. I literally the first show I go, I don't think I got it, and then the next show I was like, okay, no, I know what I'm doing, and then the next show I was like, I am a singular artist of a generation, yeah. and then the next time I did a show, the week after, I was like, back. It's like everything is dependent on the night. But we got to get over that. Like that's what I'm. I've been working on this. I work on this in therapy. I see that therapist that sees all the other comedians in New York. Oh, there's, there's a, a comedy therapist. There is a comedy therapist. Oh my god, everybody. that sounds horrid. Well, it's only horrid because it used to be like used to be in the waiting room right outside. So for the last five minutes, you don't know who which one of your friends is out there. <laughs> exactly. Why is this guy only therapizing comedians? Well, I think he's therapizing all kinds of people. But I think it's like it's nice having the shorthand. You don't mm. have to explain the things like and all these. These people are doing all these crowd work clips. Like he knows about whatever the new trend is in stand up. He knows that about it. Oh my god! Everyone, you think everyone's about. complaining about their sets to him? Of course. Well, all kinds of things. You know, I had a therapist stuff. once, and the moment I told him I was a comedian, the the energy between us shifted. And here we go. Every analogy became about a crowd, and it was like you know, think, think about it. You're like working on a new joke. Like it was some <laughs> some and um, some emotional thing. I'm like, I don't need you to put this into terms I can understand. I'm literally smarter than you. Let's please heal my brain. <laughs> well, th- I, I mean, I feel like I lucked out because he's the first therapist I ever saw and he's like kind of amazing. And he's a 10 of, out of 10. Yeah, I mean, he, dude, he saw Richard Lewis. That's like the OG of, of Jewish... <laughs> Richard know, like, Lewis, to be fair, probably saw every therapist yes, in New York. So yes, true. He is, he's probably a therapy slut. But, uh, he, you know, he's just been through a lot of neuroses and... Uh, you know, he knows what he's doing. What's the main thing that you bring up to your therapist? I'm just kidding. We don't have to talk about that. <laughs> um, he, okay, present tense. I recommend everybody watch it because Louis is just, you are a master craftsman. Really, I, I, it's Thank a you. banger. It's a tr- It's out now, right? Yes, it is out now. Yeah, please go see it. It's on my YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash at Louis Katz Comedy. That's L-O-U-I-S-K-A-T-Z. I have a question for you, Louis. Yes. Do you have any questions? No, Natasha? go ahead. Um, what kind of dog should we get? Small. No, we don't want. We want intimidating. 
Intimidating. Yeah. But, Bernie's, but Burmese Mountain Dog. Ooh, somebody did recommend the Burmese Mountain Dog, by the way. I got a lot of comments from our listeners. A lot of people recommending all these different dogs, one of which I really liked. It was called a Yucatan Laika. It's like a primitive <laughs> like just, sled like a, dog. A dish. I don't yeah. think it like I a just want to say, <clears throat> going after a dog because of its breed, it just seems kind of gauche or tacky or something. <clears throat> like if you're like, I want a dog that is this breed, and I'm going to go to the Galleria and see if they have any that are 100% this breed. Yeah. Who I, makes your dress? Huh? Who made that dress? I don't know. What company is that dress? I don't know. Look. <laughs> well, uh, my point is, I think this is a designer dress, actually. Yeah. You want a designer dog? Gian, that's what that's all, uh, Gianni. Gianni. Okay. <laughs> Here's I'm just the thing. saying, that's all that is, is you like a specific look. Well, I, I think that's true, but also I think we're kind of like brainwashed into this like every rescue is this magical like to me it's like you get a bad rescue yeah like, you're stuck with that for like 15 years like i, I wouldn't be a dog. i would get rid of that dog i rescued a dog yesterday and gave it back 12 hours later oh my gosh respect she brought home a one pound <laughs> it was two pounds. it was so small you could see its nervous system not functioning it, it was felt like, like it was just like a sock it, yeah like, it like and i was like carrying sock. it around <laughs> And then at one point I thought I had my napkin on my lap, but it was the dog. It was like a wisp. And then it wouldn't eat, and but it did manage to have a lot of diarrhea on my duvet. Right. It wasn't it didn't have a personality. It's duvet cover. <laughs> <laughs> Should we tell that story? If you want, I'm just saying. Louis came to stay here at our house for one full month while we were out of town. Was it a full month? Yeah, it was a full month. Thank you. And Thank you for having me. <laughs> Not just on the podcast, but in the, now in that, the house. Now, that would have been the thing to say. Now he it was did, implied. He <laughs> the thank you was implied. Sometimes it's the thank you you don't say. You it, there was no duvet cover on the blanket. And on, the, on the comforter. On the comforter. Yes. L- Louis asked about the duvet cover. I said, we don't have one. And then I was at his house staying at your place in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. And you had a big a vase that looked like a mug. And I sent you a really charming, cute little picture uh-huh. with me holding the vase that looked like a mug and saying, is this a cup? Ha, ha, ha. Because I'm also a master joke craftsman. Uh-huh. And he wrote back something like, this is like a, three weeks later, hey, at least I have a duvet cover at my house. <laughs> this is a joke. Uh, no, no, it was a good one. <laughs> well, I was trying to do a European thing because I've been staying at all these hotels that put a sheet in like before and above, and then I thought it looked really cool. That's kind of the problem with you is that you don't have a sophistication to understand when things are European things. We've stayed in Europe together, and we've had problems with the sheeting. So don't even say that to me. <laughs> well, to we've be literally fair, done that. To we've be, had issues with the sheeting. To be fair. There's no AC in Europe. They don't have a top sheet in Europe. There's lots of problems with the bedding and the, Europe and the was, temperature in Europe. Europe was where I discovered that you're like slightly OCD, actually. And I think it was when we were staying in a hotel room together in Norway. And we had a great experience in Norway um, where we were doing a sh- uh, Louis was headlining a show. Mm-hmm. He let me do a guest set. We had a great time. And all the local Norwegian comedians, I remember those, yeah. all the local Norwegian comedians was like, oh, you're so good. Come, let us show you Norway thing. <laughs> and we, they, they bring us downstairs in the venue. And they're like, look in this building, this room. They used to torture the Jews. The Nazis <laughs> tortured them. And then they go, look up. And there was a swastika yeah. on the latticework above it. They're like, cool, right? <laughs> like, okay. I thought it was interesting. I like history. Was interesting, <laughs> but I think it could have used a, a little bit of a, um, hey, prepare yourself. You're about to go into the place where the ghosts of your ancestors are still <laughs> s- flying around. Um, well, listen, we've got someone on the call waiting. Should oh, we do. Oh, Let's do okay. it. Let's call? do some advice. 
present. Louis, are you down to do that? I'm, I'm so excited. I see these clips all the time. I keep I keep wanting to come on the show, and I, I'm so excited to do it. So Present tense. YouTube. Now. Click it. Listen to this. Then bop on over to Louis Katz Comedy. Watch that shit. Hey, Tosh. Yamos. Guess what? What's that now? I'm psychologically healed. I don't need therapy anymore. Oh, really? Who told you that? The news cycle healed me. But if you're not healed, why don't you try seeing a therapist on Talkspace? Do you think seeing a therapist or psychiatrist would be helpful, but you don't have the time to actually find one and meet with them and also afford them? Try Talkspace. By doing everything online, Talkspace has made getting the help you want easy, accessible, and affordable if you're not totally healed like me guess what there's no need to commute to appointments there's no need to miss time at work or line up childcare to go to your session they let you send messages to your therapist you can do it in your bedroom in your bed while being upset about what's going on in the universe it's the number one online therapy platform with licensed therapists in over 40 specialties including anxiety depression substance abuse relationship issues and much more. It's also secure and private. They're super encrypted. It's super easy. It's less expensive than in-person therapy. It's more convenient. And as a listener of this podcast, you'll get $80 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash honeymoon. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash honeymoon to get $80 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash honeymoon. Uh, let's let's talk to Anthony in Pennsylvania. Hello, Anthony. Hi, Anthony. We're here. Hi. With, we're How here. are you? Wonderful. How are you? You got a great voice. Oh, thank you so much. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's like announcer voice. <laughs> I've heard that so many times in my life. Thank you. I mean, you got it. Oh, we're here with Louis Katz, who, by the way, he's got a brand new special out on YouTube. It's called Present Tense, and he'd love you to watch it specifically. Okay. Thank you. I will watch it. And I've already pre-ordered your book, Mojo. Oh, so thank you. I love it. I That's love great. it. Already, I like him a lot. Yeah, he seems really cool. You don't so, need our help. Anthony, what's going on? How can we help you? Oh, thank you. Um, So, I'm going to give you the problem and then a little bit of backstory. Um, as these holidays draw nearer, I'm already receiving pressure from my family to bring my brother to holiday events. Um, unfortunately, Hell earlier no. this year, <laughs> you don't like his brother. Your parents can't tell you you gotta. You're a grown man. Like what the hell? Exactly. I don't even need to hear the rest of this. But keep going. <laughs> you don't what? even know the half of it. What's truly? Um, <laughs> Let's hear it. Earlier this year, I cut him out of my life. I just, I enough was enough. I cut him off in January and it's been a good year. Like I've successfully kept my boundaries. Like I'm in therapy. I, I do all this stuff. Um, as we get closer to the holidays, like I've already received a few calls where they're just like, he's not really that bad. Right. So you can bring him to Thanksgiving. He's not that bad. Bring him to Christmas. And he is that bad. Like if I give you the short, abrupt shorthand version um he's like crazy right-wing conspiracy like anti-vaxxer trump supporter drug addict it's it's so many things and i'm just like i can't deal with him anymore 
So hey, you can this in, you can. That's what you say to the mom. Hey, you can invite him if you'd like, but I've 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 set a boundary. Absolutely. Well, is it about um, physically bringing him? Like you have to drive him somewhere. <laughs> that's what they want me to. They're no, like, that's yeah, called a bus him. ticket. <laughs> bus ticket. I've done that before. I'm, I'm thinking of doing that again. Well, the other part of this comes with how should I like. He's also the one person in my life that regardless of how much therapy I do, he cuts right to my core. He knows how to agitate me like no one else. And I don't mind if he's at holiday events, but how do I keep my sanity around the insane, I should say? This is tough. Well, let me ask you something. Is he is he bringing any side dishes that might That's a great question like make you say hey he's all right mm-hmm. these are these are great like sweet potatoes or does something. he make a good chestnut pie absolutely nothing, nothing. he's anything, bringing he's oxycontin <laughs> yeah i mean okay i want to get a feel for this your okay. your family lives uh in the same town as you no they live in philadelphia and, and they want him to drive his brother who probably lives close to him to Thanks, get her to whatever. Right. So it's a two-part question. How do you tell them no? And how do you not go crazy when you get to the family event and yeah. he's there to having taken the Greyhound? Yeah. Um, and, okay. And wh- where's your family? Pennsylvania. Philadelphia. They're in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. Here's what you do. I, I think you uh, give yourself a time limit and you got to go. You go, oh, mom, dad, oh, happy Thanksgiving. I, I have in two hours, unfortunately, I'm going to, I'm out. Yeah, are you staying with them, or are you staying somewhere else? I would stay with them. I don't. I like. I want to spend as much time with my family, but that's like most. I've done the time limits, and it it in the long run, it feels like I'm hurting myself more mm-hmm. because I'm kind of like, oh, well, sorry, I can't be around you guys plus this other asshole. Sorry, I don't know if I can curse. Yeah, you, can curse. you can curse. We were talking about uh, <laughs> pe- peanut butter pussies earlier, so you're good. You're good to go. <laughs> You'll hear all about it when the episode comes out. Exactly. Um, yeah, that it's really hard. Like, so, what's your daily? How how far away does he live from you now? Like, how what's your interaction level? He, like, he and I live in the same city, so we really only interact when it's necessary. But like I said, I cut him off earlier this year, and there it's such a complex situation. Like he's unhoused. Mm. Uh, wow diagnosed bipolar there's just so much there and i had to compartmentalize where i'm like i can't help you until you want to help yourself sure and now as we like i said we get closer to the holidays my family is pressuring me like break your boundaries bring your brother we know he's annoying to you but also it's like you don't you shouldn't be enabling him and your your exactly. family should be maybe you do need to have whoever's the head person at the in the family trying to spearhead this you know yeah just go back on your word and and just bring him because I want to see him maybe it's your mom you know that person you need to have a talk with and you need to say listen I've set some boundaries another thing I was gonna say is what if you brought someone else and you oh, could I tell like your that, mom Natasha. you could say listen I'm bringing my friend it could be a girlfriend it could be a partner I mean that's a lot to bring a you know a a date (laughs) but maybe there's a good friend or someone and you could say like i'm actually bringing a friend and 
you know, they're not that comfortable and we're going to be on our doing our own thing. But, you know, I'm here for him if he's, if it, you know, I'm, I'm not cutting yeah. him off. Now, you all you got to do is find a date for Christmas Day, which would be pretty <laughs> easy to do. I mean, that's fairly easy do you, to do. But maybe you have a friend who, like, doesn't have a place to stay. See, it sounds like you have a fun home. Anthony, this is why Jews are important to have in your life is because you just oh. call your Jewish friend and that's say, right. what are you doing Christmas? And the answer is always going to be nothing. Oh, that's true. Chinese food in a movie. <laughs> Chinese food in a movie, sure. But could you skip it this year and come to Philadelphia to, to be a buffer between me and my brother that I can't stand? Exactly. That's, that's <laughs> I don't, yeah. I would love to do that. I would love to bring someone home, but I don't want to bring anyone to the chaos of my family. I hear you. Also, I for Natasha, I don't know if you can see my purple couch. And my purple leopard yeah. print um, pillows. It's not going to be but a girlfriend. Clearly, I'm gay. No, yeah. I know yeah. that you're gay, honey. I that just girlfriend meant, like, suggestion was wild. <laughs> but I wasn't talking about a lover. <laughs> she was saying, I'm, I, "Don't to, you have girlfriends? No, to Nata- friends that are girls." To Natasha's credit, she yeah, definitely she was, was talking about like no, a friend. To Natasha's credit, she wasn't assuming you were straight she was trying to get you to do conversion therapy by christmas i was actually trying to not have you bring a date to to thanksgiving or christmas so i was like oh you know like a friend that kind of thing but if i understand not wanting to do that with you know um to your family and bringing them into the chaos but what would your mom say if you said to her you know this beforehand on a phone call like this is a real boundary i have and and you know have you had that conversation We've had that conversation many of times, but it, it she's his biggest enabler, like, sure. and it's mm. real sad. Like, he's my older brother. He's five years older than me, and she's, like, his biggest enabler. Like, nothing he, – he can do no wrong in her eyes, mm. and it's just kind of like – I'm just like, hey, mom, I just picked your son up from um, rehab for the eighth time. Yeah, he's addicted. He's still on pills. And she's like, no, he's just going through a little, a little something. And I'm like, oh wow, she's delusional. Going, absolutely. <laughs> Is there a way you can split the holidays? Can he have Thanksgiving and you get Christmas or something like that? Oh, that's smart. I like right. that. Oh, I would love that. I like that well, idea. Well, you could definitely do one of the holidays. Because that was my- like you're in your 30s, right? Yes. You don't need to go to Thanksgiving and Christmas road trip to see your family. Right. You I know, mean, I, he wants I, to. My he first, wants to, though, he wants right? to. My first thought. When you first began, was this is why you know my brother for many years would be would had this like group of like guy friends that he would go on an international trip on Thanksgiving with, and I always found it a little bit obnoxious. But now I'm like, oh, it's kind of brilliant. Like thir- Thanksgiving was out. He was like, oh, I'm gonna yeah, be sure. in China. Like, I, was, I oh, you know, I'd love to, but I'm gonna be in China. That it's like. It, uh, my first thought for you was like, what if you just had a trip planned at that time? And you were just like, I can't make it. And then you're like, well, I want to see my family. But do you have to see your family on Thanksgiving? Couldn't you go and do your special weekend another time where it's like no one, there's nobody there. There's I, no his, pressure. His think, mom would be so upset. His mom would be upset. I think the, the holidays mean more to, to non-Jews. I think Christmas is like a big deal. No, Christmas. I've heard. I've heard. I no, don't know myself. Listen, Christmas I get is more of a, of a non-negotiable. But Thanksgiving is, I like Thanksgiving, but I feel like it could, you could take it or leave it, right? It's Honestly, the- yeah, we can take it or leave it. And like my family is full of like healthcare workers. So we mm-hmm. typically always do one of the holidays. And that would actually be great. Like, first off, I'm not going to pass up Thanksgiving. My 
my auntie's mac and cheese is amazing. There we go. But, so, um, so you can't be estranged from her. Christmas, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Like, right. <laughs> don't push too yeah, hard. Yeah. That's right. You don't want to push them away. And then the mac and cheese is out of oh. your life. Exactly. I will go in there just for like a plate of mac and cheese. They'll be like, I love you, auntie. Oh, he's here. Bye. Peace. I got to go. <laughs> I think it's I think it's splitting up the holidays. I think getting your own place or bringing a friend if possible. And you know what? The first half of the first like three months of the year is full of uh, three day weekends, too, aren't there? Mm-hmm. So you could also say, hey, I'm coming out this weekend. You know what I mean? And like that yeah. is when I'll see you. And we'll, you know, we'll all get together then. But I think I think we should give him advice based on the idea that he is going to go. And he might be there. And the gonna brother's going to be there. And the mom wants him to be the ride. How long of a drive is it? It's only two hours. But, I mean, but look, it's like the principle, right? You don't want this, to. This one's the boundary part is easy, although easy to say, not easy to implement. Boundaries are very. We always talk about this on the podcast. Boundaries are very easy to set. They're incredibly difficult to hold to. Right, sure. the, the, all the challenges in holding to it. The way to answer your mom is, to me, very obvious. You don't make a big drama about it because your mom's never going to be able to hear the points you're making. You don't go, "Oh, he's this, he's that." Don't you know? Don't you know how he's hurt me, mom? Don't you understand? She doesn't understand. She won't understand. She can't understand. He's her little angel, her little unhoused angel, and like, <laughs> and like, all you say is, "Oh, oh no, mom, no, no." Like it's like it's like it's as if she was suggesting to you, what if you came to Thanksgiving this year in um, a, a tuxedo top but naked from the waist down? You go, oh no, no, mom, we're not. No, I'm not doing that. It's like it's just like water off your back. Oh no, no. And I, what I happens when she goes? But why, Anthony? Why oh, can't oh, you mom, drive it, mom? You already know the answer to that. I love you, but you already know the answer. Yeah. It's just like treating it like as if she's suggesting something completely insane to you you know like what if instead of turkey this year for thanksgiving we just went for a jello mold of turkey and it's you just go what no i'm not doing that but it's a no and 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 the truth is he probably has like a 30 percent to 50 percent less chance of even making it if you don't pick him up can he get there without your help he probably wouldn't I mean, that sounds like the solution. Oh yeah, right there. <laughs> your question really and seems like. And your mom like- can buy him a bus ticket if she wants. And if you can say, like, listen, I'm on my own timeline. I've had to set a boundary with him, a personal boundary. I, I hope you understand. I love you. I want to be there. You know, and it's just like it's a personal boundary. And sometimes it works to just keep repeating things. It just act- keep repeating the same thing. It actually sounds like when we're boiling it all down. What you're really asking, really, is how do you say no to your mom? Like, how do you, how do you like enforce the boundary that your mom already knows you have? It's not really about you and your brother. It's really about you and your mom. Cause your mom's saying, how could you be the bad son? How could you be the bad brother? You know, this perfect angel is trying to get a ride and, and you're two out, you live in the same town and you could bring him here so easily. What an, what a jerk, what an asshole you are for not, it, that's the, 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 the guilt pull. The guilt pull isn't your brother at all. You've already made peace with your relationship with your brother. It's that you don't know how to tell your mother no without her saying you're, the, you're just a villain. Wow. Sorry. Yes. You just read me for filth, but yes, you're correct. Well, the purple couch helped, honestly. (laughs) It's very soothing. I keep therapy from this couch. It really helps. But that's, that's how I guess that's very insightful. I think that's that's a good call. Yeah. I I get it. It's difficult. You know, it's like these, all these toxic family relationships always, I was the person. They always revolve around one person who's the loudest dysfunction, and that's your brother. Right, they call me identified patient. That was mm-hmm. me, uh, but everybody else has issues. 
Yeah. The, and, and and you you forget because the other person's issues are so loud. You go, oh no, I don't know if everybody has issues. Everybody's normal, but your mom's not normal, and and even you're probably not normal in regards to this. Like everybody's a little bit fucked up around this this topic, and like finding health within that relationship with you and your mom. I think that's that's the secret. Is there a lot of guilt too? I mean, so it's guilt, right? Is that what it is? It's like, do you feel like you're hurting your mom by not bringing him, or it's just more like you can't be with him? Kind of, sort of. It's almost like uh, for black families specifically, like the holidays are such a big idea. Like it's just this huge event. And it's kind of like we all get together and we put aside petty squabbles. But mm. I've been putting aside so many petty squabbles that they've built up. And they sound, they're not petty, it sounds like, like also. They sound like major issues. Exactly. You know, that, shouldn't, yeah. shouldn't diminish them. They're, they're huge issues. That's a good point, Louis. Yeah. Drug addiction and unhoused and bipolar these are not petty uh squabbles I, these are these are yeah he's right I, made I have an idea yes Tom. what if he tells his mom when he says this i need you to uh not ask me again Ooh. to like is that oh, too I much like no that. no i what how would your mom take that i don't know but i would definitely enforce that boundary i yeah. don't know how but i mean just yeah, so it's wow, not like a great. constant thing what if you can say and then and then you can switch topics and tell her how excited you are and make sure auntie's there to bring me my mac and cheese. And, you know, it's like tell let her know how excited you are. And is there anything I can bring from from the city? Can I pick anything up for you? So you're still there for her, mm -hmm. but you just need this one little area to have this boundary. And, you know, it's obviously hard for her. I have one child and I can't imagine if something she was unhoused or on drugs. I mean, I probably would like get her her needles. I don't know. I mean, it must be like so challenging to like be a parent. I you just know? had a major realization. What? Uh, first of all, that you would get our child needles. <laughs> well, but I'm just saying it's like it's. I, no, I see of course. What happens. No, you're you're totally right that it's more difficult for your mother. Clearly, I mean, yeah. obviously, it's more difficult for your mother to set a healthy boundary with your brother than with you. But also because of the role that she's in. But I just realized something. It answers your second question. How do you get through Thanksgiving or Christmas without going fucking nuts that your brother's there? It's like, first of all, it's your mom's house. So it's not actually your business whether he's there or not. You just got to suck it up yeah. and deal with it. But I just realized something. You're probably losing your mind on your brother every time because you are charged with the responsibility of driving him for two hours every single fucking holiday so by yeah. the time you get there you've spent two un unrelenting hours with this person who drives yeah. you crazy You're is it okay to tell his mom that yeah is that not part of I the reason why it's cool i mean that's such a huge dose like i would you never especially if you're sitting at opposite ends of the table exactly you're never talking to someone yeah. for two hours straight so it's maybe maybe the, maybe that's a way to tell her like hey it's these car rides that are and, right and i don't know if that's kind of half-stepping where you're just saying no you can ask me but you say hey mom it's the car rides that are leading to the stress. And that's what part but of the reason why I can't be, be with stress, him. probably. And you just, there is going to be stress, but I just feel like he'll be so much easier to deal with. Like Louis said, from across a table after not having spent two hours in the car yeah. there and two hours in the car back. If you just say to your mom, mom, look, I want to get together and have a great, uh, um, holiday gathering where we put aside all of our petty squabbles and I cannot do that if I'm driving him there yeah. because I'm already angry at him by the time I arrive. I do have to say one thing though. It is going to be very awkward when it's time to go 
Do you leave? You don't leave that night, do you? <laughs> you're so right. And your brother you. like has to go find a greyhound to get home, and you're just driving two hours. Okay, no, I got. So find I think way you to need to there. lie, and you need to say something. What I would do is be like, I have errands to do. I'm I, whatever the city is in between. Like, oh, I'm stopping here. I'm actually not going straight to Philly. Say you got a ride, but park around the block. <laughs> oh, say tell tell them that he didn't drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I got a ride here, and that's that. A friend of mine drove me down. Honestly. That's not like I've drawn to this boundary before where there have been many a times where I'm like, I'm leaving at 3 p.m. He's not ready. And I've just left him in Philly. And I'm just like, you're a grown man. You'll find your way back. You got to do what you got to do. How, yeah, exactly. How many people are invited to these these holidays? It's it's a huge gathering. Huge. Estimate. Like, there's not even a number you can put on it. It's just, just infinite people. It's just, uh, it's just <laughs> a Google people. <laughs> well, then, then to me, it should be like you know, sit it really. Just say like you got to sit. A, you got to don't give the ride, and you have to sit it separately. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sit at a kid's yeah. table or sit whatever table. Sit with the younger cousin. Whatever, whatever way to avoid him, do it. You know what I mean? I think the less contact, the better. And yeah, I mean, I know. I mean, like relatives like that, they can say like one sentence to you, and they're immediately like under your skin, right? Because it's such a loaded sentence. Yes. There's, there's, you know, thirty something years behind that one sentence. So you just gotta like separate yourself from it, and and try not to add all those years on top of those brief interactions that you do have. Yeah. And, I know that's easier said than done. Try to be easy on yourself too. Like I have a brother like this, but he does not get to me, and it sounds, but he gets to my other brother. And they will like fight in the streets, you know? So it's like you guys, like you, you just have that thing, you know, where I'm like, I'm very rational and I'm about them. And I am always taking like this very like mellow take on it because it just doesn't activate me. I don't know why. Maybe I'm. Well, you're also good at, at setting boundaries. I honestly think with that relationship in particular, I actually think physical space is your, is your friend here. Don't give him a ride. Yeah. Try to sit far away from him. Literally try to avoid him. I mean, that might be what you need. He will still find a way to annoy you on some level. But and if you're still be nice to him, right? If when you're you sitting, sure. if you're sitting by Auntie Mac and Cheese, and he's across <laughs> the room, you're almost guaranteed to barely interact with him. And then yeah. you know, and then get out of there if you get annoyed. Take a yeah. walk. Take a walk around the block. I wish we had good food at our Thanksgiving. I know. Well, I wish we were a black family. I've always said that. I've always said that. I would say you're invited, but I just don't know how much mac and cheese there's going to be. Listen, and honestly, <laughs> no. what's her secret? What's her secret? See, she actually taught me the recipe where I can't tell you. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> what? Wow, after all this Jesus, advice. Very sharp cheddar, very sharp, sharp cheeses. She taught me the recipe. It's amazing. Is there I any secret tell. ingredient that you would tell me? He can't, can't tell, tell you. you. Listen, it's he can't tell you. Listen, by the way, you'd be, you'd be fucking lucky. To bring us to this gathering. I guarantee you, if the Endless Honeymoon podcast came with you to Thanksgiving, you wouldn't fight with your brother. It'd be so fucking weird. Your family would be like, who are these people? And why are they going through our recipe book? We would fight in the background. My family finds a way to fight. We'll do it. Well, right. good luck. Be easy on yourself. And just set these boundaries. It's your life. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. One final thought. It is Thanksgiving. Maybe try to focus all the the whole drive down with your brother not there on the things that you are thankful for about this family. Go in there with a spirit of gratitude, and by the time you get there, it might be okay. You're rolling your eyes. You're rolling your hard eye roll. That was just so. Yeah, Moshe, why don't you do that? (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. Thank you so much. Good luck. Bye. Bye, Anthony. Have a great night. Goodbye.
Man, I, when he started that question, I was like, oh, fuck the holidays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that was happening. It is happening. Yeah, every fucking year. Louis, do you want to hear some secrets? Yes, I would love to hear some secrets. This is another part I like. I love these clips. Oh, thanks, man. Do you have a podcast? No. I hope to be in the clips of other people's podcasts. That's You're going to make my, it. I'm what I aspire to. Hey, Natasha and Moshe. Uh, this is a secret uh, for the hotline. It's an old one. It goes back to when I was like 12 or 13, back in the days of dial-up internet, and I was first sort of discovering uh, porn on the internet. And I was always really annoyed that the women were so much older than me, and I wanted to see women that looked like, you know, my age, like the girls in my class. So I spent a lot of time searching for child pornography when I was a little kid. I don't think I ever actually found anything. Um, but one day my parents had an older cousin or I had an older cousin who came and stayed at my house to do some kind of, uh, air pilot training or something like that. And while he was there, uh, my brother found my search history on the computer, which was in the guest room, which is where he was staying. I didn't really understand what was happening at the time, but he was, uh, very quickly kicked out of the house. Uh, and I sort of figured out what was going on a little bit later, but I never told anyone until now. Thanks a lot. Wait, the guy got in trouble for that his child porn searches? Crazy. Yeah, that's fucked up. So I gotta, you should have known better that you don't Google child. Like, he, was a, he was a child searching for child porn. I mean, so it's just regular porn to him. I love, uh, there's so much I love about this. First of all, <laughs> If you're There's gonna nothing call, I love about this. Well, you and I are very different. If you're going to call a hotline with a secret about child pornography, go ahead and elongate your O's so we can't immediately tell what country you're calling from. He's like, well, I was out. I'm out. I'm sorry you to say. You thought he was Canadian? Oh, he was Canadian. I didn't notice that. But I didn't I, either. That he narrows it down. Why, I thought the specificity of, of what his cousin was doing. Like, he was there for uh, flight pilot schools. Now oh, now we're getting a picture uh, of this cousin who's like <laughs> known as a pedophile. Like, keep it vague, dude. Keep out. Keep those details out. Like, what the fuck? I guess his cousin wasn't guilty is the point. Uh, it is crazy. It, I... I I, I don't know what to say it, about this. I what? do understand, like, he wants to see girls who are, well, also when he says older, he means like 18. By the way, what, yes. a, what a fucking, what a honeypot for the FBI this guy is. Googling the search words child pornography. It's not even a code word. That's not what you put in? I don't know, honey. I don't know. What, who came Ask to visit? Louis. Was, who came to visit? Was it a cousin or? I think it was a cousin. Anyone Laura, know? cousin? That was a cousin. It was a cousin. Yeah, he's got. I mean, honestly, he's got to clear this cousin's name, man. Yeah, is he a persona non grata in this family forever? Yeah. How can he clear his name though? Mom, dad, it wasn't the cousin that googled child pornography. It me. <laughs> well, there is a time when it's he was in the window when it's okay <laughs> to <laughs> kind of. But you know what? I wasn't. You know what? Sounds a little weird to me because were you? I wasn't like I got to see kids my age. I definitely wasn't like not that at either. All. No, like not at all. At no, all. I, but I mean, I so I don't know, man. It sounds. A little I will weird. say that when I was young and really horny, you get a Delia's catalog. I would get a Delia's catalog, but I would also call gay um, uh, phone sex chat lines Why uh -huh. gay? because because they were free. What? Only the gay ones are free? Yeah, because it's all these like horny guys that want to have no. There's no women waiting on a free chat line <laughs> trying to have phone sex with you. Men but the guys are waiting would. on a free. Ch uh, they were in '92. Wow. They were in '92. So you would jack off to the guys? Yeah, we would like have phone sex, and but it was guys, and but it was free. So I can, you know, it's like, 
you can be so horny as a young person that you don't even follow your own sexual orientation. Or maybe I think I was, you did follow your sexual orientation. Yeah, could that be. sounds could be. That's crazy. I maybe don't know. I'm deeply bi and I just don't know it about myself. I think we all know it about yourself. I think you're <laughs> deeply bi. <laughs> it could be. It sounds like. Yeah, that wouldn't bother me. I mean, would it bother you if I was bi? Natasha? Deeply bi? No, I don't mean. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What I've I mean never by, heard of it. What I mean by it? deeply bi? Deep. What I mean by deeply bi is that it's deep within me. It's not yes. a deep part of me, but it's like a. I don't fully. I'm not fully aware of it. Mm. All right. Well, um, let's just take a little uh, palate cleanser here. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's move on. Next secret. Hi, Natasha. Hi, Marcia. So I have a secret that I have been keeping for about a year from my friends. Um, I am in my mid-20s, and I was recently in a relationship for about a year with a guy that lives in Canada. It was long distance for the most part. And a 43-year-old man kissed me while I was in this relationship. And it almost ruined my relationship. I have since ended the long distance relationship because it was too much for me. And I have been secretly sleeping with the 43-year-old man that ruined my relationship and not telling any of my friends. And that's my secret. Okay, bye. I mean, this is more disturbing than the last one. This woman sleeps with a man that's 43 years old. Disgusting. This is fucking disgusting. <laughs> well, she's 20. This is yeah. such... This makes me, like, so... Um, happy to be older actually i'm like wow that is some 20 year old fucking drama there like who cares why is this a secret right like, what, like, we really don't talk about enough how good it is to not be 20 yeah yes yeah <laughs> the world talks a lot about how good it is to be 20 yeah. but there's a lot of real freedom on the other end of that you're so right um, remember, i mean like what's the issue they're broken up i mean what, what remember when you had relationships that were on the dl i mean that was so stupid and so much work like those dudes you'd call them? <laughs> <laughs> no, just like, didn't you ever date anybody who was like, oh yeah, we don't tell people about this. Because you're just, cheating, kind of? No, just because... Oh, they don't, they're not like, don't want to be seen with you officially? I guess, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that used like. to happen emotionally. You never had that? <laughs> much. No, not really. I think I'm much more, that's much more normal than... Uh, it could be. You never had that, Natasha? Somebody you were sleeping with, but like nobody you. was allowed to know? <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? I mean, I don't think I wanted people to know right away. Sure, comedians want to keep it private at first. Yeah, for that's sure. for sure. Because it's such a small community and all that. But like, I mean, like you shouldn't have been with the long distance guy anyway. That's why you broke up. And that's why you it's kissed the forty-three year old. That's why you kissed the guy, and now you're with him, and you broke up, and now you're with him. That's how life works. Is you're with somebody, and then you're not, and then you're with someone else. Hopefully, he has some other qualities besides being forty-three. <laughs> it doesn't sound like that. Sounds good. hot to me. It sounds right. really hot. She's definitely um, turned off and turned on by the fact that he's forty-three. Well, I guess I forgot. Also, I think what I forgot is that part. Is that the part of the scandalousness? Is that he's forty three? I'm forgetting that yeah. also. That she's it's like, she's like I'm she's, dating this gross old guy, but yes. he's hot. Kind man, of. that totally went over my head. I was like, yeah. what's the issue? This sounds great. <laughs> I think I could date twenty year olds if I was single right now. Oh my god! No, no way. Could, yeah, I could. I know. I know you. No, could. I'm saying. I thought you I were mean, saying. Like, I thought I might be interested. You think you might be interested in dating twenty year olds? No, I'm saying I think they might be interested in dating me. Sure, of yeah, course. I'm a cool guy. But also, I would just. I think it's like. I mean, I don't know. But to me, it was like. 
once going over 30, it was like, you, thank God. Like, why would I ever go back to that? Like, dating anyone under 30. Like, I, it just I, doesn't, I don't get it. I don't even think people's brains are developed till they're like 32 or something. Sure. Just people's. It, it, yeah, there's like, there's like a process. All right, let's hear another secret. Speaking of processes. Hello, Natasha and Moshe. This is a secret. I don't think I've ever told anyone. Um, I guess it's kind of creepy-ish, but uh, growing up, um, my mother's side of the family, we didn't really, you know, speak to. We weren't really close with. Um, but my grandfather had remarried when my mom was like in high school or whatever and had a bunch of more kids or whatever. So the youngest one, well, one of my uncles, uh, closest in age to me, uh, as a kid, I'm obviously I'm gay. Uh, as a kid, uh, we only saw them at Christmas, so I didn't really associate him being my uncle at all, really, or even family for that matter, because literally saw him once a year. Um, and I guess I thought he was kind of cute one year, and so like later when I got home, I jerked off and thought about him, which is weird. So I mean, I guess technically I jerked <laughs> off thinking about my half uncle. Because, you know, he's a half uncle, uh, as my grandfather remarried when my mother was younger. But uh, anyways, yeah, that's my secret. Um, love you both and love the podcast. Normal. I, totally. Normal. Like, have you ever jerked off to a relative, Louis? Sure. I mean, the internet is full of jerking yeah. off to relatives. That's I all mean, this there is. is this it is? is? Yes. It's actually pretty difficult to Wait, find a clip. Wait, how are people jerking off to their relatives? It's all step It's all step porn. It's all, oh, it's, you mean the saying, porn st- searches. Yes. Sometimes like, it'll be step for no reason. It's like stepmother delivers pizza. You're like, yeah. why? Wait, why is she a stepmom? <laughs> so it's, it's actually kind of hard to sometimes find porn that doesn't have stepmom. Yes. And I'm like, I don't want to ever press on something that feels like... It's pa- parental? Like, yeah, like, yeah. Or that it's like that's what? parental. Or oh. that feels like anything that you, uh, incest or I don't know. It's just kind of yeah, like. Yeah, me too. I never look at that. That would be totally <laughs> gross. I'm out on that. I just think a half uncle who you barely see. <laughs> I mean, these people got these secrets. I'm like, let this weight off your I back. Know. Like, what is wrong with you people? I know. It's okay. I mean, I 100% thought he was going to fuck the uncle. I thought so too. Now, if he had fucked the uncle, now we got a scandalous secret on our hands. But jerking off to him? I don't even think that. Is incest as bad when it's gay and adult? Yes, All it's right. incest. What, I'm what's saying the they difference? can't make a fucking as weird a bisexual kid. man. I can say strongly, <laughs> honey, you are deeply bi. I am deeply bi. Um, All right. Well, I am very. Oh yes. You want to wrap it on up? Well, I just wanted to say one more time, Louis is hilarious. Louis is the man. Check out his special present tense on YouTube right now. Truly, if you're listening. This is uh, special not to miss because he is one of the best. Thanks, you, guys. You're one of the best. Anything and else you'd like to One promote? of my best friends. That's it. Oh, man. You guys make me feel nice. Uh, no, that's, I mean, I can't, I can't think of anything else besides that. Ex- yeah, that's it. I'll, 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 I'll be in a, I'll be in Austin uh, at the Creek in the Cave in December. So come see me then. But really, yeah. it's all about the special. Please, please tune in. It's on YouTube, youtube.com backs, backslash at. Louis Katz comedy. We're still doing backslashes. We're doing backslashes, huh? Oh, there's okay. a link in the thing. There'll so be a link just in use the, the link in the thing. Sorry, link in the thing. Link in that thing. Link that thing. All right. Well, thank you, Louis, for Thanks. being our guest. Thanks Natasha, let's go try doggy style.